This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. We want to hear from you. Please take our 10-minute survey and tell us what you think about our 48 Hours podcast. Visit cbsnews.com slash podcast dash survey no spaces and all lowercase to take the survey again that's cbsnews.com slash podcast dash survey we appreciate your feedback and love your support ray nella was telling the police that he committed suicide i knew that couldn't be possible because my dad was scared to death of guns that's what i told her and I, i knew that he couldn't have done that if you tell the jury this is a suicide. The jury wants to know, how do I know? Were you at all prepared for what, in fact, happened in this case? Not at all. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is Married to Death. We continue with the case of Raynella Lee, who went on trial in 2017 in Knox County, Tennessee, for killing her husband, David. Like Your first name is Renee, correct? Raynella. On March 13, 2003, at 11.23 that morning, oh, Raynella Leith reported Raynella. her husband's suicide. Okay. Raynella had been married to David Leith, her second husband, for 10 years when she says she walked into their home and found him dead of what appeared to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Ma'am! My husband shot himself three grandchildren, my grandchildren. This is Raynella Leith later that same day. Okay, what do you want me to call you? Speaking with Knox County, Tennessee investigators. Okay, I need you to tell me, tell me about this morning. She tells them her husband had been ill and depressed about his health for some time and had been showing signs of dementia. Listen to these old audio tapes recorded just hours after finding her husband's body. You're doing really good helping us establish what time and everything, okay? I'm really not feeling good. It's difficult to believe that this woman, this clearly distraught woman, could have planned and carried out his murder. And I should point out, 
that suicides involving white middle-aged men are common. More than 90 suicides every day in this country. Still, police are doing their job and asking the widow more questions. Okay, so when, when you talked to him at 9 o'clock when you took his breakfast in, yeah. um, did he start eating it? or? He said, I've got to get up and see. He said, I'll come right back and eat. Don't worry, because I, I said to him, now don't lay there unless I get cold. Do you know about what time you come, you got back home? Um, Okay. Um, you came through the breezeway and then you came in and you hit your answering machine and you called for him? Called for Dave and he didn't answer. And you came, and you came back, ma'am? He was laying on the bed just as it was when you found him? Yeah. Was the covers up on him like that or did you cover him up? But detectives also recorded themselves as they began their investigation. Hey, this is Detective Moyers with the Sheriff's Department. We're out on a uh, possible suicide gunshot wound. The gun's laying next to his left hand, which is curled underneath him. Uh, like I said, it appears to be an old coat. We got three fired rounds. What they find, a shooting with not one, but three fired rounds. Three live ones. He or someone has fired at least two rounds that we know of. We just not found the third one yet. Subject is nude. No underwear. Nothing. Let's have a pillow between his legs. One of those that help your back, lower back and knees. There's no suicide note, but that's not their biggest issue. They're troubled by the location of the bullet holes and how David Leith was found. What I have a problem with is one is where the round's at and the way he's like. I'm not saying it stinks, I'm just saying it strikes. Just 24 hours later, following an autopsy, the death was ruled not a suicide, but a homicide. And all eyes turned to the widow, Raynella Lee. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fourteen years later, all eyes are still on Raynella Leith as she goes on trial for her husband's murder. And not for the first time. This is her third murder trial. Her first trial ended with a hung jury. She was convicted the second time around, but that conviction was overturned. And now, she's back in court again. Raynella Lee, the nurse, 
and once a prominent member of Knoxville society, will stand trial for the murder of her second husband. I'm sitting in the back of the courtroom with my producer, Josh Gaynor, and the other reporters. The Leith trial, like all trials run by senior state judge Paul Summers, begins with the Pledge of Allegiance. I've sat through so many trials where the judge can sometimes give the defense a very difficult time. And in this case, the judge was a real gentleman. He wore cowboy boots to court every day. Here's my producer, Josh. The same variation of a tie with the Tennessee state flag on it with the three stars. He spoke in almost a theatric way. He is what you would hope a Southern judge would sound like, almost from a movie. Instead of wearing black robes, you ought to wear black and white striped robes because all we really do are referees. But what is justice in the case of Raynella Leith? If David Lee's death was so clearly a homicide to the investigators, why has it taken 14 years and three murder trials to find justice? The case was tried in the media before the case was tried to a jury. Defense attorney Josh Hedrick tells me he believes the prosecution of Raynella Lee took on a life of its own. You know, part of the difficulty is... Fueled by the press. It's not a compelling story for the purpose of selling papers or getting viewership to say that a man suffering from Alzheimer's and and depression finally decided he was going to end his life. It's not the kind of story that's going to move papers off the rack. When you start uh, laying out this complex, almost master criminal level plan to set up an alibi and, and get, get a weapon and, and make sure everything's in order and, 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 and kill your husband and then cover your tracks so perfectly, that sells papers. And the presumption of innocence? Well, it seems long forgotten when it comes to Raynella Leith. And the story has only grown with time. The case makes the front page most days and is mentioned morning and night on the local TV stations. In court, Raynella Leith is sitting ahead of us to our right with her other defense counsel, Rebecca Legrand, often whispering in her ear. Legrand practices law in D.C., which makes her a bit of an outsider. She's a tiny woman, intense, and comes across a little raw as a litigator. She's not from the South, and you can tell. Josh Hedrick speaks in a sort of very graceful, mannerly Southern way, and she has an accent from somebody from the North, and she is not as experienced in a courtroom. So I was really interested to see how the jury would react to her, because she's clearly not from here and not in a courtroom every single day. And she's afraid, she tells me. Raynella Leith was convicted once. It could happen again. It's terrifying. I know she's innocent, and I know she's already been convicted, and I know that the media's, the local press is going to say what they're going to say, and I know I'm sitting next to an innocent woman who's been incredibly kind to me, who's been incredibly kind to a lot of people in her life. When we came in, the deck was stacked massively against her, and that's terrifying. And that's because a lot of people in the community think Raynella may be a so-called black widow. 
As I mentioned in the first episode, Raynella's first husband, Ed Dossett, also died under very strange circumstances after being trampled by his own cattle. Initially, the county medical examiner ruled it an accident. But years later, when Raynella's second husband, David Leith, died, investigators had second thoughts. They believe Raynella had likely killed Dossett as well, but she never went to trial for it. More on that later. Inside the courtroom, just to our left, is one woman who has no question that Raynell is a killer. Her name is Cindy Wilkerson. She's Raynella's stepdaughter and David Lee's only child. Do you miss your dad? Every day. Cindy Wilkerson is tiny. She's in her 50s, but looks much younger. Her long blonde hair always freshly styled. After all, she's a barber, not a hairstylist, a barber, just like her dad. My dad was fun, full of joy, loving, caring. He was a great dad. When she's not at court, she's here. I just love to joke around. And... At the suburban barber shop where her father once worked, she still uses his chair. But it's a joy to work for my dad did in the barbershop. Hello, Frank. And use the same chair he did. Cindy was surprised, even shocked, when just six months after Ed Dossett died, Raynella married her dad. But Raynella did make him happy. She'd fix his food and start his car in the morning and just whatever he wanted, she just treated him like a king. Raynella would go out in the morning and start your dad's car before yes. he went to work? Yes. And she'd bring him lunch? Bring him a milkshake every day. Now, this is a town where everybody knew everybody's business. So if there were issues in Raynella and David's marriage, wouldn't word have gotten out? Cindy and her cousin Beth Roberts are convinced Raynella killed David but they also admit they didn't see any problems in the marriage besides the occasional nagging and nipping. Even when David suddenly retired from barbering in 2000, Cindy says her dad seemed fine. But did you begin to notice any kind of problems with your dad no. in 2000? Forgetfulness? No. Uh, confusion? No. Did he seem more emotional? No. You didn't see any. No, he was very alert, very sharp. You know, he knew he knew all of his surroundings. He was just, he was on top of it. Which is what she told investigators back on March 13th when she got to her father's house and was told he had taken his life. What did you actually think when Raynella said your dad committed suicide? Did you initially think, well, well maybe he did, but it's just hard to believe? No, I never did think that. I knew that couldn't be possible because my dad was scared to death of guns. That's what I told her. And I, I knew that he couldn't have done that. And there was the way he had done it that bothered Cindy even more. He had apparently held the gun anywhere from six inches to a foot away from his face with his left hand. He could not have done that. And what about the idea 
You see, David Leith was not just right-handed. He was unable to see with his left eye, injured years earlier in an accident while chopping wood. He would not have known how close to get or anything because, I mean, he was totally blind out of that eye. But if David Leith didn't shoot himself, who did? Raynella Leith was gone from the house most of the morning. She got up early that morning, she told investigators. After daughter Katie left for school, Raynella watched television with David in their bedroom and then left him breakfast on a bedside table, walking out the door around 9.30 a.m. He kissed me goodbye, and he said, if I'm not here when you get back, I'll be at the Y. And I said, okay. He worked 10, 12 hours a day, every day, for 39 years, cutting hair. He deserves to read. After Raynella left the house, she went to Park West Hospital to visit David's mother, her mother-in-law. And after that, she stopped by the high school to bring her daughter, Katie Medicine. Raynella Leith had an alibi, and almost too good to be true alibi. Because there was something she did that morning that would come back to haunt her. At 9.50 that very morning, about 20 minutes after she said she left the house, she called Cindy Wilkerson, who was at work at the barber shop. You know, she had asked me if, if we'd seen Daddy, and he went to work out on an empty stomach. Was that normal? No, she never called me. At work. Never called you at work? Never called me at work. Have you seen your father today? He didn't eat his oatmeal this morning, so he must have gone. That's Stephen Crump, the district attorney general. There was the first indication on March 13th, 2003, that anything was unusual about David Lee. There would have been no reason to ask if he'd worked out, and there certainly would have been no reason to say he didn't eat his breakfast because there's no way she could have known that unless she had been there and unless the only reason she knew he hadn't eaten breakfast was because he was dead. Cindy says during the call, Raynella handed the phone to Cindy's grandmother to say hello. It was a way, she thinks, for Raynella to cover her tracks and prove she wasn't at home. It was unusual in tone. It was unusual in the fact that she called her at her business. Investigators began to suspect that Raynella Leith wasn't telling the whole story. And yet, even after her husband's death was ruled a homicide, nothing happened. What are you expecting will happen? Investigation, indictment, trial. But it doesn't. No, not even close. <laughs> not even close. David's cousin, Beth Roberts, says, Everyone in the family expected Raynella Leith to be charged with murder. But months went by with no charges. So Cindy Wilkerson took matters into her own hands. She filed a civil suit against her own stepmother. When Cindy filed a wrongful death suit against mm -hmm. Raynella, did the press jump on something mm -hmm. like There was... That? A big news story in the local paper mm -hmm. that the prosecutors did respond to. And, and defense yes, attorney yeah. Rebecca Legrand so, yeah. says that that pushed prosecutors to bring criminal charges, although there was no new evidence in the case. In 2006, 
Raynella Leith was charged with the murder of David Leith. In my opinion, the most, the most troubling piece of evidence is that we can't prove suicide. Defense attorney Josh Hedrick. The, where the, the burden of proof being on the state, we could talk about the presumption of innocence, and that's fascinating academic discussion. But the reality is, is that the jury, if you tell the jury this is a suicide, the jury wants to know, how do I know? The only, the only person there is David. He's gone. And I can't prove 100% that this was a suicide. I can't answer all the questions. And that's what concerned me the most. Stephen Crump was not on the prosecution team for Raynella's first two trials regarding the murder of David Leith. So this is his first crack at it. You feel really strongly about this case. Yes, I do. You wanted to, you wanted this woman to be tried again. Yes. I felt great about it. I felt like, hey, this is a case that needs to be tried and we'll get 12 good people and they'll make a decision. Were you at all prepared for what, in fact, happened in this case? Not at all. This podcast series, Married to Death, is developed by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio. Judy Tigart is executive producer. Nancy Kramer is our executive story editor. Mike Vallee and Alan Pang are the series producer-editors. This episode was produced by Josh Gaynor, Lisa Freed, and Luis Geraldo, and edited by Mike McHugh, Dwayne Tullison, Jamie Benson, and Megan Marcus. Thanks to composer Richard Fioca for his original scores. Gabriella Demergian and Morgan Canty are our associate producers. Kayla Cadell is our production associate. Thank you to Craig Swagler, the vice president and general manager of CBS News Radio. And finally, a shout out to all of you, our fans. We owe it to all of you, the millions of fans of 48 Hours in the U.S. and around the world. Don't forget to join me online. I am at EF Moriarty on Twitter, and we are at 48 Hours on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you soon. Don't miss true crime anytime you want, anywhere you go. With the 48 Hours Podcast. Real crimes. Like a John Grisham novel come to life. Real lives. He pointed a gun to me and said, this is the day you die. And he shot me. Real justice. There's some questions that have to be asked and need to be answered. I'm an innocent man, and I hope the whole world can see it now. Catch the latest episodes of 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.